0: Petersfield's Shine Radio. Well, hello, this is the first edition of Talking Books with me, Susie Wilde, and my producer John Wellsman. First, I'm just going to tell you why we've started Talking Books. Tim O'Kelly from One Tree Bookshop, who you possibly will know, is going to join me every third Monday of the month and we will be talking books but the reason I gave it this name is because I also love audiobooks and they're one of the expanding parts of the whole book industry and I've got with me John Wellsman and I'm going to ask what's particular about his knowledge of audiobooks.
1: Well before you do that Susie I think we should know more about you because you're the presenter. <laughs> You're an author in your own right. You have a lot of contacts in the book world. So tell me more about you and how you got into uh, writing your own books and into this whole area of, of books in general.
0: Oh, very nicely done, John. I think think my worry is I'm going to become the Claire Balding of Shine Radio in more ways than one. But anyway, off we go. So, um, yes, you've already said I'm an author. I have written my entire life, which I think most published authors would also tell you. Um, But I waited for a long time because I had other careers that I was doing and looking after, you know, tediously. I am that old husband's careers. And then all of a sudden, I decided I wanted to do an MA in creative writing, which I did with Greg Moss. So hence, people will hear quite a bit of Greg because um, I got a distinction and then co-taught with him um, afterwards. So that was brilliant. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I love teaching. So one of the the chief things that I love are running workshops and talking to fellow authors and trying to get them started with memoirs or anything that they want to do. So I hope anything that inspires, whether it be to read or listen to a book or particularly to just get writing, is fantastic.
1: But you've written some books yourself and they are based around not Norse mythology, is it so much? It's Norse culture and things like that. Why that?
0: Oh, good question. Um, Well, uh, I, it was part of the MA that I've been talking about is the honest answer that I have kept trying to write crime fiction my whole life because I absolutely adore it. And I love the thrillers like Lee Child and so on. Um, and I always write and I, I still do. It's, it's a thriller structure. So it's a page turner. It's sort of loaded with backstory and so on. Um, and so I decided that I would just do that and it wasn't going well and eventually Greg said to me come on, you've got three weeks before you have to hand in a novel the first 50,000 words weeks of for a way. novel <laughs> I know, I know but I need a kick up the backside like that <laughs> So all of a sudden I realised all the time that I was writing this crime novel set in Portsmouth you know, gritty realism that bored me to tears um, this Norse ship this long ship kept coming out of this mist at me and I just thought do you know who are you, what are you, where are you going and I wrote a paragraph that actually became included in the book of Bearer which was my debut novel which is extraordinary and once I had found her and my story, well I'm just working on the third book of a trilogy. I mean, who knew? So 3 weeks I certainly got my 50,000 words written and then I went on to write 120. But people would be relieved to hear that was edited down, of course. So so there we are, John.
1: So we're also just about to launch into producing it as an audiobook for the first time, aren't we? So so why did you want it to be an audiobook?
0: Well, I've wanted to do an audiobook of it for a long time because it's part of the whole structure of it, that because I've written it, um really as a story unfolding that you want to hear more and the characterisation and so on. So it seemed to me entirely logical that my book would also be an audiobook. And then a number of um, readers in fact said to me, we would love to hear you reading it. And so many people listen to audiobooks now, particularly when they're driving. Um, But I had to meet somebody like you who was prepared to actually produce it for it to get off the chocks. And isn't that the same with most creative things that, you know, it's this confluence of the right people at the right time.
1: It's going to be a labour of love between now, which is mostly one of the hottest days in August ever, and around Christmas time for us to get it together. But it it sounds exciting. But before I hand back to you, Susie, um, let's just take a break and then uh, you get on with the programme.
2: Excellent. Made by the people of Petersfield,
0: this is Shine Radio. I'm Susie Wilde and you're listening to Talking Books, and I'm here with John Wellsman. So before I go straight into the audiobooks, John, I think we ought to hear a little more about you.
1: Well, where do you start? Um, I think I'm someone who's done a lot of things in my time. Um, audio's certainly been the the one thing that's been most interesting to me, certainly um grew up doing hospital radio and then student radio uh worked for a number of years for the bbc as a freelance reporter i produced uh programs on county sound radio in Guildford uh and radio plays with the Nomad Theatre in East Horsley, certainly did that uh, for a number of years which was great fun and then we've, uh, we've moved to Petersfield recently, the radio station had just started up, it's something I wanted to do again, um, so I just got involved starting to do some interviews and then slowly as time's gone on started producing uh, people like Noni who's doing her food bits and yourself doing uh, your Wild Walks and now Talking Book.
0: Excellent, so tell me about audiobooks in particular.
1: Audiobooks, well, there's a good reason why audiobooks are important to me. Uh, No more than, I have no sight, I'm blind, Um, so... I could read Braille, but I'm very, very slow at reading Braille. Um, it would be a monumental effort to get through any book in Braille, especially yours. I think I'd have given up the will to live be- long before I got to the end of it. <laughs> that so, doesn't reflect very well no, on mine. Not, not, not in your book at the moment, but let's let's it's saving graces that actually then listening to a book opens up a whole world. And there are so many reasons why... Audiobooks open up a world to me. I've got a vivid imagination. I did have some sight when I was younger, so my imagination is very visual in nature. So I'm very I find it very easy to visualize what's going on, which the downside to which I often fall asleep. Um, because I just get so engrossed and so involved in the in the book. But but books are special to me in terms of obviously there there are stories that work and don't work. It's certainly down to the narrator. You know, there are some good narrators and there's some dreadful narrators and I and I will spare their blushes but I've read some books recently and I think why did you bother it would have been much better to get someone else to do that but they did it anyway um and I also think it's it's the style of the book and I'm going to be very very cheesy in saying that things like the Harry Potter books are fantastic because yes they're popular but that's not the reason I enjoy them Stephen Fry is exceptional His his way of reading the description that J.K. Rowling puts into the books, the way she scene sets, the way she develops characters, they just take you along with them, you know, and you think six or seven books that she wrote, you'd think you'd get bored by the end of it. But no, I've read them once on Audible and I'm certainly going to go back and read them again sometime uh, because I can totally get lost in that. And then and then just one more as an example, uh, The Time Traveler's Wife was a fantastic book, very complex, uh, lots of different strands that interwove themselves with each other. But again, a book that where it was very easy to visualize what was going on, very easy to get into the character, very even into, even into the sort of the lead female character, very much easy to get into her role and 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 understand her world and her relationship with her husband.
0: It's really interesting to me that each time you've actually said that you read the book which is, um, you know, a kind of shorthand, isn't it? That you obviously still feel, instead of laboriously saying the book was read to you.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, but well, I suppose in the world of the vision impaired, um, when people use terms like see, uh, did you see that, and things like that, it's exactly the same. It's colloquial for I picked up a book and I read it, whether it was in braille, in print, or on audio. It's still, for me, has the same connotation. I know there's some purists out there and say, well, no, unless you sit there with ink in front of your nose, you've not read a book. But I think yes for me audio is is a perfect way and, and i think a perfect way of dipping into books sometimes where people just don't have the time necessarily to sit and read properly when you're doing the washing up when you're maybe doing some diy when you're traveling in the car on a long journey what could be better than just dipping into an audiobook you know we we travel quite regularly to levington spa for work and that's what two two and a half hours journey and a putting audiobook on it's gone in no time
0: i know i i absolutely the same it's uh there's something about it but So what would you say, you mentioned the importance of the narrator. I think we should take a break there and and come back to thinking about narrators afterwards. Petersfield's Shine Radio. And I'm Susie Wild. So just before the break, I asked John about the importance of narrators. So have you had time to think about it, John?
1: I have. And and interestingly, I think what really brought it home to me about what is a good and is not so good narrator was the preparation that you and I have been doing to prepare to for you to read um, your own book bearer and I think <laughs> I there was the ad-
2: bad example
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, to start off with maybe but you developed very quickly and there were there were lots of things as much as I'm good at producing and as much as I have a lot of knowledge of what works and what doesn't work it was still interesting really to step away from just my own listening habits and actually think about through the support of some other resources and materials what makes a good narrator what works what doesn't work what are the critical things that we need to be thinking about now The challenge is, as an author who's narrating their own book, of course, you know, we we could spend thousands of pounds or get you to spend thousands of pounds going into a studio and producing things at a very high quality. And that would be fantastic. But a lot of people are self-publishing these days. A lot of people are getting it from their own home. So we didn't only have to think about how you're going to read your book and there were a lot of thoughts around that. But also, technically, how we were going to do it. How are we going to make your writing shack um a a studio of the 21st century something to be proud of and something to produce a high quality output that, that people are going to enjoy listening to
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And and my publisher did dip a toe into this water and actually totally professionally recording studio, professional actor, um, who's German, so I'm not deliberately not name dropping. It wouldn't mean anything to anybody anyway, who did a fantastic job, but it just wasn't right for the book. So let's go back to what makes Stephen Fry such an excellent narrator, because everybody agrees that's the case.
1: It's, it's something in the character of his voice. His voice is the thing that starts off with. It's a very distinct voice. There's no um, denying uh, Stephen Fry when you hear him, whether it's on a film or a radio program or a book. He's got a very distinctive delivery. And I think that's the first thing. It is a, it is a delivery that lends itself to quite a wide range of books. There's something about his delivery, the pace of the book, the way he characterizes people. And I actually think that Stephen doesn't do too much in terms of creating voices for people. I think he reads it quite flat. I don't think he sort of thinks about what's Harry Potter's voice going to sound like and what's Hermione's voice going to sound like. He just reads it as it is, which is very interesting because one of the things you and I have been doing is trying to think of what the voices are for the characters in Bearer. And because um, it's not a book I don't think and maybe others would disagree that it could be read straight like that without giving it some characterization so i think he does both he can do characterization when it's appropriate but he then can read something um you know fairly straightforward maybe you know autobiographical and, and it still still sounds fun
0: yeah, I think it's such a nice balance, actually, because I do still want to keep the storytelling element that he has. But the other thing I think he has, I haven't listened to all his types of book, but I have listened to that. And it seems to me that I don't know whether he really is, but what comes across is that he's really enjoying the text, that he's in there um, enjoying it at least as much as the listener. I think that's quite an important thing to get across.
1: You're so right, because sometimes you listen to people and you you just think they're just reading that. <laughs> they're doing it very well but yes. they're not putting anything into it at all and he's really into it. He you know he, he originally did the first version of the audio reading of of the first uh, Harry Potter book for Radio 4 and it was an 8-hour reading on I think it was Christmas Day or Boxing Day some many years ago when digital radio was first um, coming true. out and and I dipped in and out of it then.
0: Well, I think we might have a a break again there and afterwards I'm going to ask John for his favourite audiobook of all time. So no pressure, John. This is Shine Radio, Petersfield. And I'm Susie Wilde, talking to John Wellsman, and I've challenged him to give me his favourite audiobook.
1: Well... It's a recent book. I suppose there's a balance. Um, when I have my credits from Audible, I pay them once a year and I get a sort of block of 24 qu- credits. I I, I suppose I started out by thinking I need to buy the longest book possible for my credit because, <laughs> because normally it'd be about 40 or 50 quid and I'm getting it for one credit. Yes, I have paid for it, but not as much as that. Um, now, there is a danger in that 19 hours of a book which is really tedious uh, and actually interestingly <laughs> I... one of stephen fry's books <laughs> hit hit oh. that mark and i struggled with that straight away and i think it's sort of akin to your norse mythology it uh, is is one of his mythology books and i just really didn't get on with it oh, but no i wouldn't but what i did pick up on is someone who self-published their book on audible before it became a book in print and this is by an author called craig allenson read by rc bray and he produced a trilogy which has turned into i think maybe 15 or 16 books so far called the columbus day trilogy and that was about aliens coming to earth and a band of military people who then went into space to chase the aliens ended up on a new planet and had lots of adventures which they're still doing with a mad artificial intelligence called skippy so this is (laughs) this is a bizarre book because it's sci-fi if those are you into sci-fi you you can get it right down to the to the nth degree with the sci-fi it sounds, it sounds like make, pure sci-fi yes it makes sci-fi. makes absolute sense from sci- sci-fi perspective he's very accurate about his descriptions of Functions and, and the ways in which things should work. But Skippy comes into the scheme. Skippy's like a, an American-style beer can. He's got attitude. He's got his very own personality, and it's completely diametrically opposed to the way that you think a sci-fi book should work. But it works Did you, perfectly.
0: Di- sc- excuse me, interrupt a minute, John. Did you say <laughs> beer can?
1: Yes, beer can. So he's Skippy's <laughs> a beer can-shaped um, artificial intelligence, um, and he has his own pod, and he can change size and shape, and he, he's multi he does lots of different things he's got a, a, a very weird personality and joe bishop is his sparring partner who's one of the soldiers and it's their adventures basically and there's been lots of spin-offs to these books so not only are you reading the main tranche of books but you're reading mavericks and uh some of the other uh, uh, books which are now turning into trilogies in their own right
0: well, I think there's something about sci-fi fans; they seem to love having a long series of books. So that's perhaps. I a think genre the da-
1: there is a, there is a danger to it, though. I'm I'm reading the 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 current book in the series, and and I have to say it's a bit slow to start off with. So I hope that it picks up very soon. Otherwise, <laughs> yes. I th- I'm, I would be sad to say that he may be running out of ideas, which I hope he's not, and I hope it sort of recovers itself fairly quickly. But you know, we are what 14 15 books in so we're not doing too badly and they're all about 19 hours long as well so i've told you about my uh favorite audio books and the style of audio have you got one that appeals to you
0: yes i completely have and in fact it was the first thing i listened to as an audio book and it well how lucky was that um it's an author a canadian author called louise penny She writes crime, but she has, uh, uh, her hero, if you like, is Inspector Gamache of the Sûreté de Québec. Um, And partly because of that, and you can hear from my appalling accent, um, (laughs) that I wanted, the reason I wanted to listen to it on the audiobook is I absolutely wanted somebody who would not only do the French Quebec accents, totally properly and get all the proper nouns right and so on but also the canadian because yeah i love having books in my head but i know sometimes i'm not getting it quite right and i think there is something i did um french and spanish a levels and i do know that if you sort of read in in that text it's slightly other which is partly what i'm kind of getting at with audiobooks versus the written word as well there is it's it's, it's that, but there's a parallel to so it what as would well. So diff-
1: what would be the difference between you reading that book and then listening to it as an audio book? What, what do you think is the essence of the difference that you're trying to pick up on?
0: I think authenticity. And I think that's one of the really important things in radio that we've come more and more towards. I think that the modern listener actually wants that authenticity in us when we're presenting other things, like when I'm doing my wild walks. I totally want you, the listener, to be on that walk with me and I'm not pretending to be anything, I am simply me chatting to a friend um, and I think that's what we want and gone are the days of the received pronunciation and so on and then making up a persona. I don't think that will wash. Therefore, when I'm reading a Louise Penny, I want it to sound as authentic as possible. Plus, if it's read really well, and I'll go back to the narrator in a minute, you get almost to love that character. There is something so intimate, of course, about this voice coming straight into your head, as most of us listen on earphones. So it's literally coming into your head. And the other thing I like about these as crime, they are not graphic. There is no pornography of violence, because I think, again, um, I can cope with that in the written word, but when it's coming straight into your head, you you can't shy away from it. it it's inexorable, particularly for driving. You know, you daren't shy away from it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there it is, and you, you know, and it's also like swear words and so on. I we always avoid them on the radio quite properly, and. Um so I do think it's important that th- for some reason swear words have far more uh, offensiveness when they're already in your head than I suppose the eye can just skitter over them. But the isn't that the real
1: but isn't that the reality though? Um whilst again I don't particularly enjoy gratuitous use of swear words and the like and and actually, you know, sometimes it can be inferred and and you get it and it's fine. And especially with my uh you know, the books I'm listening to at the moment, um the Greg Allenson ones. But 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 isn't that sometimes a part of reality and we just we just have to suck it up and as uncomfortable it is either well maybe choose some different books i suppose
0: let's slide over that one um and return to my dear louise penny so she has adam sims as her narrator and how fortunate that is because he just has made gamash the most wonderful man you can see that as usual the author has fallen in love with her hero and it would be really hard not to and all the action is set in this tiny village well most of it not every Book, but most books is set in a tiny village called Three Pines, and you get to know those characters. It's like the archers or Carl Brown. Father
1: Brown is the similar thing, isn't he?
0: Father Brown is similar, yeah. You do get to know and love the characters, Mm. and all the plots are based, well, the plots are based on character. And I think that's always the best things when you have characters doing things that you think, oh, yeah, they would actually. And you get to know them so well over her 16 books. The 16th is coming out in September and I've listened to 13 of them. Only one has not gone on to um, Audible and I'm not quite sure why which is number 12 I think and I loaded that onto Kindle and I have not managed to read it
1: it's a shame isn't it when they do so well and you you read all of them and then suddenly there's some copyright issue or something that means that one of the books isn't isn't uploaded like the rest of them and you feel like yeah. you've, you've missed so it's like having a, a limb chopped off you know you, yeah that, that does hurt sometimes
0: if you're interested in listening to or reading Louise Penny her first book is still life
2: Made by the people of Petersfield. This is Shine Radio. John
0: Wellsman and I have been talking about audiobooks and I thought it would be a shame to leave you without something for you to actually listen to. to, Well, you can't make a comparison because you won't see it on the page, but I really like hearing authors reading their own work and obviously it had to be something short. So I talked in the past um, about flash fiction, which you may have heard because there was a, a competition run by Lucy Lomax, And this is an example, a really good example of flash fiction, which I hope you'll enjoy. Camilla Chester is a writer that I've known for some years. We've gone to conferences and so on together. And um, she recently won the Mislexia Children's Novel Competition. Um, So she is of note and definitely on the way up. So um, this is a piece of flash fiction by
2: Camilla called The Squeak of Guilt. The Squeak of Guilt by Camilla Chester. They say, stolen shoes squeak. I stole a pair of shoes once. I was a student nurse and poor, but that wasn't the reason. I did it because I could. I didn't intend on stealing them. They weren't even particularly nice, practical, black, clunky looking. It was hard to get comfortable yet smartish shoes for the endless ward walking I did in those days. But these seemed okay and amazingly available in my size. I put the right shoe on and in amongst the throng of people I found a nylon clad, possibly highly flammable shop assistant and asked for the left, matching one. They're out in pairs, she said, managing to look both bored and harassed simultaneously. Oh, okay. I found the left shoe and sat down next to a woman with an enormous bottom who was squishing her foot into a glittered, strappy heel. Perhaps rather cruelly, it made me think of Cinderella's sisters. Walking around the shop, I put my old brown shoes, frayed and smelly, into my shoulder bag. There were mirrors everywhere, mostly low to let shoppers admire the stitching made by tiny, potentially illegal fingers. I could see my feet and then, in a full mirror, my face. It looked calm, innocent almost. I walked round a bit more, then simply out through the door. There were no alarms, no security guard, nothing. Nobody cared. My heart was beating hard in my throat, But I didn't turn or run. The universe let me steal them, so it must be okay. That's what I told myself. There were no repercussions to my theft, but I've never forgotten it. Forty years on, shop long gone, the street gentrified and still nothing. Only the eternal soft squeak squeak of my walk. So you've
0: been listening to this first edition of Talking Books, um, where I've been talking to John Wellsman about audiobooks. And if you've liked it, come and listen again on the 14th of September and the third Monday of every month thereafter, when at 8pm, Tim Kelly and I will be talking books.
1: You've been listening to Talking Books, and this has been a Petersfield Shine Radio production produced by me, John Wellsman
2: we're building a new 24-hour radio service for petersfield
1: a bright new service for the whole family and we want to know who you'd most like to hear on air
2: perhaps it's someone you've already heard in our podcast
0: or new untapped talent who are the brightest most charismatic people you know in petersfield people who could bring a smile to anyone and who are the real characters and entertainers in your life in your neighborhood or where you work If you know someone who has a gift for bringing joy into people's lives, let us know and we'll get them on the air. It might even be you. Don't be shy. Email team at petersfieldradio.uk Find us on social media Or call petersfield 555 500